So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world eliminate their desire for alcohol by claiming themselves as author of their own life. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my Stop Drinking and Start Living program that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules of what you thought was possible and the profound journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so excited that you are here. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. It's Mary. We're here. We're moving along. It's getting bright out. It's getting warm out. It's probably much warmer where you are. So I, what's going on with you? I mean, really, like, where are you at right now with your relationship to alcohol? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling inspired? Are you feeling into the possibility? Or are you feeling in like doom and gloom and, and settling, right? And you know what? I've talked about this a few times on the show and I and I want to start with this because I remember um 
you know, taking in a lot of information about alcohol, but not really applying it to anything. And it becomes kind of desensitizing, right? When you take in a lot of, if you're curious about self-help and, um, growing your awareness and evolving your mind and mindset and and you do feel inspired to change and and you you know you wouldn't seek out say self-help in 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 books of spirituality or diff contemplative arts and different traditions if you didn't in some way believe that it was possible right but when we take in a lot of passive action it does become desensitizing and then we're still we're kind of just settling and and indulging in that little bit of the of like kind of that background information but not putting ourselves in the discomfort of change right so i just want you to see where you're at and maybe just do a little assessment and think you know what's some one thing i can do this week to apply some of this framework because there's so much here. I mean, if you go back to the beginning of the podcast and you start with the five shifts of curiosity and, you know, to some degree, obviously you're curious um, and that's why you're here. And I talked a little bit a few weeks ago about the effective strategies of how we learn and how we remember something. And when we take in passive information through hearing and reading, our comprehension and, and how that actually changes our, our learning, right? And alcohol is a learned behavior is a very, very small degree. It's 10 and 20%. But when we go into actually being in the embodiment of it, and that's why, you know, failure in school, we've been um, kind of do- indoctrinated into this belief because of the Fs and failure. And if we have a different learning style, um, you know, because a lot of learning is really only made, I think the statistic I learned is about 12% of people in a traditional school setting through comprehension, like I just said, memorization, reading, listening, and memorizing. The one thing that does uh, override that, you know, test taking, writing, being critical. So having to read a book and then analyze it with, um, you know, doing like a critical commentary, doing a critique paper. I used to love to do those um, to really like dive into the interpretation of, you know, what an author meant and more of a philosophical discussion. That was kind of one of my things I like to do. But anyway, the that piece of it, the writing, the analyzing, that actually get goes up the learning and the remembering scale too. And that's one of the things that we teach in the process in the program, right? Is you, you take in information, but then you use your brain to process it, to get coached on, to write it down, to, to create a clear question for what is my problem, right? So now you're actively involved in the equation of learning, right? Or you answer a few questions that applies to yourself and to your life versus just taking on this passive information. And that's why I really um, created the podcast, not like not just stories of people, right? And I have my clients on to talk about the process that they went through, right? But not just a story of, 
you know, of reclamation, which is important and inspiring to see that other people can do it too. But until you put it in your bones um, and understand why it's important to you, it, it won't make it, ch- it won't change anything, right? So I want you to apply <laughs> these tools and these principles. And what I'm talking about today is the difference between creating a goal a drink drinking less as a goal versus drinking less as an intention and i think this is an amazing distinction it's something that i teach deeply in the program goals are the object of a person's effort or desired result intention is an aim or a plan so they do have there is like there's a future focused um new new result essentially, right? The other definition of intention that I never heard until I looked it up is the healing process of a wound. The healing process of a wound, right? There's an intention of of healing, right? Like there's, I just, I didn't go deeper than that, but I really love that, right? And so when you are shifting a belief system about alcohol, and this is why I say awakening, I call it the process awakening from alcohol, because there is this kind of open wound, right? Of where you, where you currently are with alcohol. It's like you feel really exposed. You feel really vulnerable. You feel potentially alone. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you're, and you're not sure where to turn, right? But the truth is, is you do know where to turn because you're here, Um, so I really love that definition of intention, the healing process of a wound, right? It is there. It's not saying I'm just going to be gaping forever, right? There is, there is an, an innate intelligence in the healing process, right? Like the skin and the way that the cells reform and the the back the way that it has to clean self-cleanse and or creates a certain bacteria in like an open cut, right? Or the way that it might get infected um, if it's exposed. So there, so there is this process of this innate intelligence. And that really is where intention comes in. I really see intention as the underlying reason, right? So the goal might be to drink less or the goal might be to not drink at all, but the intention is to live a more fulfilling life, like the why you want to drink less. So when you make drinking a tangible goal, it's based on numbers. And you know, we know that this doesn't work really with like dieting either. So you aren't getting to the root of the problem. You aren't getting to your belief system around alcohol. When we count days and we count drinks or we count, um, count really anything because the the real root of the problem is intangible. The real root of the problem isn't how much you're drinking. The root of the problem is that your belief system around alcohol sees alcohol as very, very important, very, very crucial to your life, right? And without it, there will be a hole, there will be a gap. So you have to heal that wound, right? Like that belief system has created a wound. It's created a a feeling of not 
not feeling safe, that belief structure feels like without alcohol, I won't be safe in the world. I'm not sure how to be social. One of the things we need to learn and we need to know how to do to be, to be part of society. So this is where, where, why my process is so much different and why it works in such a quick way, because we are getting to the root of the problem. We're not on just the surface level of how much am I drinking and planning drinking and even taking a break and counting days, right? We want to start to examine right now. You can start to shift your mindset right now. Now, as long as alcohol is creating a chemical reaction in your body as a catalyst for releasing pleasure endorphins, pleasure chemicals, you know, if you never stop that, you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to still continue to fight that emotional craving and those emotional and physical urges. But the majority of the urges are coming from your thinking. And coming from the way that you are in relationship to your emotions, right? So there's so many reasons to want to numb out, to want to check out, right? I mean, there is a world filled with hate and destruction, and we see more and more and more of it now because we have access to so much information worldwide that, you know, we see the injustices of the world. So those reasons for being angry, for being upset, for being sad, right? For triggering trauma imprints of the past are valid, right? But this is where the process comes in is to how do I care for myself? Is drinking supporting my intention of wanting to get alcohol out of my way or is seeking to understand myself and validating all of the reasons that feel like I want to check out, validating those emotions and getting to understand those and be closer to those, is that going to serve my intention, right? Because the goal isn't just to not drink, right? The goal is the reason why. And so I just kind of want to take you on really understanding how that process works. Because I want to validate you and all of the reasons that you're drinking. There is just as many people as there are drinking, there is a reason that people drink, right? And it is not up to anyone to decide if that's a good enough reason or not. It's your reason. It's your it's your emotional reaction, your triggered response to a wor- to the world and the circumstances around you. Now it is your interpretation and the way you're thinking about it and then the way you're thinking about the way that is going to have you've learned to support yourself, right? You've learned to utilize this tool of alcohol to, you know, numb the pain. But having the awareness that it's actually becoming a detriment to you and your ability to maybe create change in the world is really where we need to start. So this has to be for you. And then we can go out and make the difference that we that we need to see. And so there's no small or big reason why you are drinking, right? You are, and that's all you need to know. And you need to know that it is your interpretation of thinking and the the emotions that those are creating in your body and how you're responding to those emotions, right? How you're responding to yourself and developing that relationship with yourself. And that's why the intention is going to have so much more 
support for this intangible change because the intangible change that we're making is to eliminate your desire and your attachment to alcohol. And you can't count that. I mean, I can ask you and I do, and when we evaluate this on a scale of one to 10, but this is something that you have to be very honest with, right? About your thinking from a neutral perspective, right? And really where you're at right now. And so we look at, we look at desire, physical desire and emotional desire, and then attachment to ideas, attachment to the concept of identifying with alcohol. And it's good to know where those are because then you can, you can hone in on the areas where attachment and desire are are higher, right? And then they're going to attachment and desire in other areas that might feel safer, might feel more secure, might feel more in your control are going to be easier to overcome. So you're going to generate your evidence there to start to inspire you forward, but you have to start with your intention. So as long as your beliefs remain the same, so too will your attachments and desires. If it was yours you know, it's like that idea, like if alcohol was for you, it will come back to you, right? But right now you've got to let it go. You've got to, you've got to know there's more that I'm seeking. And so alcohol will always be here, but I'm just going to let the concept of staying so attached to it, right? Like any, any school of contemplative tradition talks about attachment as the root of all suffering, attachment to people, attachment to this body, attachment to this life, attachment to ideas, attachment to things, right? It does create suffering, the idea of it. I think about, I've been thinking about moving lately and I'm like, oh, this property, this house, like it's so beautiful. It's got so much potential. It's just amazing. It's the most beautiful house I've ever lived in. It's like, that attachment might ultimately be creating my suffering if this is not the place for me, right? Like if I'm not getting the connection and the vitamin D that I need here and it's really limiting what's capable, what I'm capable of experiencing in my life, then like, does the house matter, right? Like I'm attached to the idea of it more than the thing itself. So it's like, if it was yours, it'll come back to you. And like, how to get alcohol out of your way and find something better, right? And that's where the intention comes in. Like, I'm going to get alcohol out of my way. I'm going to drink less as a goal so that I can find a more fulfilling way to live, right? So how to change your mind about alcohol so that you can have something better, that's the intention. And that's where I think people get stuck. They get, they think that they're going to, you know, potentially change their mind about alcohol, but there's always going to be that deprivation because it won't be good enough. Right. And that is just like, when you even say it out loud, it's like, that is not true. And I think about that, like, this is a superficial thing. It's just a physical house, but it's like, it's amazing here. It's, it's, it was the home of our dreams. And, but it's like, for me to think I'll never find anything better, like, come on, like that is that, who is that serving? That's serving no one. Right. And like, there's, you know, I always believe that everything's a blessing. So even if giving up this house, like, you know, we gained a lot of equity from moving here, right? And we know what we don't want, right? Like there's always there's always something on the other side of it to look for, especially with alcohol. Alcohol is showing you where you're out of alignment with your essence, where you're not living in integrity with your values, where you are disconnected, where you're not finding meaning, where you're not satisfied, 
right? It's showing you how the opposite of what it could offer you. Alcohol will always be around, so don't worry about investigating life on the other side of it, even if you're, you know, not 100% not drinking. So what you want to know is what will that do for you and you need to go deeper. You need to go deeper in your heartfelt intention, the why that you want to drink less. So you don't have to make hard and fast rules about alcohol. In fact, this sets you up for failing ahead of time. We want to fail forward, right? We want to we want to be in the pursuit of of living our intention and potentially drink but then have something to inv- evaluate. But right now, you're, you've created so many rules about what alcohol is or isn't and judgments and conclusions and how much you can drink or not drink or when you can drink that you're failing ahead of time, right? You've already set yourself up for, for still being in the belief structure that created the habit with alcohol. You cannot solve a problem with the same thoughts that created it. You have to have a completely different mindset about alcohol. You have to have a mindset of what you want your life to be like without alcohol, like from the best place, right? I decided it was going to be a better party and it has been. I've decided it was the initiation to living my dreams, right? I decided it was going to be so much cooler and better and more fun and awesome without alcohol. And I made it that way. So you get to decide that, right? I decided what I was doing was no longer cool for me. Like hanging out at dive bars and like taking my baby on walks to go stop and have a beer was no longer cool for me. And I wanted to bring my kid to ecstatic dances and show and, you know, play and be in imagination. And I wanted to create a higher frequency vibration. And so I did. Okay. So what you need, so here's like your why, right? So we're just going to give a general example. Your initial why, I'm drinking less. That's the goal. Why? What's the intention for my health? And then you go deeper so that I can, I want to live a long life. Why? So I can experience as much as possible. Why? (laughs) Because there are so many amazing things to see and do with this human body. So now we're getting somewhere. So if you lead with that, if you go three or four whys deep into why do you want to drink less, lead with that, and you are going to find so much more inspiration because there are so many amazing things to see and do with this human body. Boom. You just overcame all of your objections. Okay. I am so excited for you to do this. Look at your goal for drinking less or getting alcohol out of your way or quitting alcohol, right? And then why? What's your intention? Then leave the numbers and the tangibles to the side and sell yourself on the intangibles. That's where you've got to go. 
All right. I hope this serves. I'm so excited for you to try it. Let me know. You can um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts with your intention and I'll read it out loud. I would love to know about it. If you have any questions at all about this work that we do, the Stop Drinking and Start Living program, please feel free to reach out. Enrollment is open right now for you to commence this journey for yourself and start living your life intention with accountability and as much coaching as you need before, during, and after the process of awakening from alcohol. Have an amazing week. Hey, if you are finally ready to get alcohol out of your way for good and discover what lies ahead, I want to invite you into the Stop Drinking and Start Living program where you will learn to do what alcohol does for you on your own, but way better. The best part is you don't have to do any of it alone. Just click the link in the show notes or visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to schedule a call with me where together we will plan the next phase of your life on purpose. I'll talk to you soon.